Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313-RADICAL now. That's area code 313-RADICAL. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical. The podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchanged, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 85th episode, how to save your marriage when your wife wants a divorce. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Plus, live phone call from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So, get in the queue. 313-723-4225 or call using your your uh, browser at callinstudio.com slash radical one for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so the quote of the day, the quote of the day, quote of the day. So that being said, let's go on. So let's do this, shall we? Quote, the loves of all hearts are so many mirrors revealing their characters. Weak men in high positions surround themselves with little men in order that they may seem great in comparison. Capitalists who become rich because they struck some of God's wealth in the earth love to build libraries to parade a learning which they do not possess. They love an appearance that which is similar to what they love in hope and desire. The woman who wishes to be a social climber will cultivate friends who are useful because of this similarity. They have what she wants to have, social prestige. Saints love sinners, not because they have, they both have vice in common, but because the saint loves the possible virtue of the sinner. The son of God became the son of man because he loved man, end quote, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help 
Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right. Today we have a special guest, another interview. So I told, I promised y'all that I was gonna get back in the groove and try to get some more interviews on here, so that uh, I know y'all get tired of hearing my 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 crazy voice every day, <laughs> five days a week. Uh, so today our special guest we have Dr. Michael Jacquees, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm sure he will correct me when I talk to him. <laughs> so he is the founder of. Catholic Life Coach for Men.com and the host of the Catholic Life Coach for Men podcast. And we brought Dr. Michael here today to discuss the questions of how to save your marriage when your wife wants divorce and how divorce affects the family, society, and the church, and what can men do to help get things back on the right track. All right, Michael, please start talking because I hope they can hear you. <laughs> oh, Jared, it's such a delight to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. So I was on your podcast about a month or so ago now, maybe a little longer, and we had a great time. So, One of my best episodes ever, I say. Oh, I thought, oh, man, you just you just trying to be nice to an old man. <laughs> so let's get going, man. So first off, question I want to ask you. So this so basically, I want everybody to know this is Catholic Alpha's Man on Fire segment. So interview. So this is my segment on married men or men leading a ministry in the Catholic faith, doing it right, trying to hold it down for God, his marriage, his beloved, and his family. And so with Dr. Michael today, he is one of those men, and that is why I have him here. Uh, I'm very fired up. Uh, because, listen, it's very rare that you have somebody that's willing to put their time and, um, and strength and soul on the line for Jesus Christ, let alone create a ministry and a business together. Oh, I can definitely, definitely, definitely uh, <laughs> uh, kind of, I can, uh, uh, what you call it, I can uh, understand the, the trials that he goes through because I go through the same ones. You know, you have a ministry and you have a business all together. And so it's really hard. But what I want to ask you first is, are you married? Oh, yes, sir. I am. Yeah. Good. Good. What's your wife's name? <clears throat> My wife's name is Sterling Lake Silver. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And how long y'all been married, man? We've been married now for 13 years this June. Three, I, I I got you beat just by a little bit, a few years. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. Just, just a bit. <laughs> but 13 years is nothing to, is nothing to sneak at. If you if you married 13 years, man, that means you got something going right, right? There you go. What about the kids, man? You got any little rugrats? So, so we have six children, three girls and three boys. We had six children in eight years, Jerry. So we Whoa. had a lot of something going right, if you know what I mean. A lot of something going right for real. Dude, you got me beat on that one. <laughs> you got me definitely beat on that one. I only got five. But you know what? Me and, uh, me and the family were talking about yesterday. Me and my wife were talking about how we people tease us because we always wish we had more. Mm. You know, and uh, I was telling my daughter in law on Easter vigil night, I was telling her, you know, right now, because, you know, their kids are real little, I said, look, right now, you just, you know, everything is tough. They get on your nerves. They tire. But in 10 years, you'll be so glad. 15 years, you know, what do you think? Uh, you're totally right. The phrase I like is the years may go by quickly, but the days can last forever. And it's so true. When they're little, it is a trial. Little children. And, and the challenge, of course, is to find the delight in that little stage. But there are still moments that are just a trial. Yep. Like she was putting in, like I was telling, I was telling my wife, well, I was telling her too. I said, there's the, the two worst things I told my sons is yesterday. The two worst things I hated about when my kids were little <laughs> is mm -hmm. first of all, changing diapers. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is man, that darn car seat, oh, which, yeah. which is what she was doing. The thing, and the thing about the diapers is that ends pretty, you know, that ends like, you know, a year or two that's over, but that darn car seat, man, it never, it's like, it never ends. <laughs> 
<laughs> lug it around, put it in the car, take the kid out, put the kid in back in the car. Oh man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh so that being said, man, um, how did you meet your Sterling? So that's a great story. My wife and I actually met on eHarmony. And so when we met, Jerry, this may surprise you. I was very politically conservative and I was Catholic. And she was not only politically liberal, she was Protestant and part of that Protestant group that believes all Catholics are going straight to hell. Exactly. And so we, yep, we met. And at first, I think the only reason she agreed to meet me in person after going through the harmony guided communication was just to close the match, just to, just to get rid of me, basically. Really? You really think that? <laughs> well, she told me that directly. Oh, and, no. Go ahead. Oh, so the, the, uh, when you do the online dating thing, you get all these different matches. And she was saying how the previous guy, she put all this time, invested this energy, met with him. He was a complete goober. It's just not worth marriage. And so she said, that's it. I'm not wasting more time on anyone else on my list until I meet him in person and decide if they're worth it or not. I agree with her. I agree with her. But can you, another thing too, can you blame her though? Can you really blame oh, no. her? No, no, there's so there's so many goober guys out there. The, the good news is I fooled her because I'm one too. But there are so many out there. Yeah, yeah. So she was saying that people that people were con like they were like conning her or what was what were they? Um, they just weren't the quality of guy she wanted to marry, and so she just didn't want to spend more time with the online guided communication path. So how did it work with like you being Catholic and and conservative, so basically Orthodox Catholic, then and then her being a Protestant? So how did that work out? I mean, how does that? Well, effort, when you were so we like, had before a, you got married, totally. We had this lovely first date, and we had a great time. We talked it through very logically, and said, you know, being with this difference, it probably won't work out. We should probably just be friends. We probably shouldn't go any more dates, and went to get on a date the next night. So <laughs> yeah. the next night, we had the same conversation. Probably won't work out. Probably should just be friends. Probably shouldn't go any more dates. And when I date the next night and the next night it went down and we said, we looked at each other and said, you know, maybe we should stop saying we're not going to date the next night because it seems to be going this way. Right. So, so we decided to see what would happen. And you know, what's interesting, Jerry is my wife has a very good connection, a very strong connection to the Lord. And as we were going through the process of discerning, should we get married? Is this the right relationship to last? She really received a message from the Lord saying, that not only was this the right relationship, but God called her specifically and powerfully to say, your job is to follow your husband. And so she converted and she said, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like intellectually or emotionally, she did, she wasn't there yet, but she said to honor God and his instructions. She's, so she'd been baptized Catholic as a child. So we didn't have to do the full formal RCIA, mm -hmm. but she was able to step back into the church and back into sacramental life. Man. See, that's what that's what guys don't really realize. First of all, when you pick the right woman and she loves you and she knows she loves you, she will allow you to lead her. She will. Right. You know, and if you're a jerk, she ain't doing that for long anyway. But if you women, they look at it like I'm trying to prove, you know, you got to basically prove to them that you're worthy to allow you to lead the family. Because why? Well, your wife's case, she's got six kids to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Um, so, man, how did you propose to her then? So we dated for nine months uh, then before we proposed. And full disclosure, I, I think because we were so old at the time, that worked out. But for someone younger listening, I would not probably rush it quite that quickly. And so my wife loves restaurants. And we had had a series of dates at different restaurants throughout our throughout our, our initial dating years. And so what I did, and this was actually probably one of my greater moments, is I wrote up a whole bunch of clues. And I went to each restaurant. I drove I drove to the restaurant. So first off, I called her friend and had her friend hand deliver the first clue. And the clues directed her each restaurant that we had been to as we were dating. And so I was about two restaurants ahead. And I had her mm -hmm. friend text me where she was to make sure she didn't get confused on the way. And so probably five or six restaurants starting from her house all over Vancouver and Portland area and then ending back at her house. And then because my wife loves dogs, 
uh-huh. as after all these different clues, as she's following this, this little breadcrumb trail, if you will, she comes back in and I had the dog had the final clue on the dog, on the little, you know, dog bracelet or a neckband thing. And the dog runs up to her. She always does. And she reaches out and gets the last clue. And I was actually waiting for her in the kitchen, ready to propose to her there. And so it worked out perfectly. Man. So when you get, I know you got on your knee. So oh, yes, sir. did she laugh? She start crying, all that kind of stuff. Oh, she was crying already. <laughs> she walked in there. So I could hear everything as soon as the door opened. And right. so I, I would, the dog loves me too. So I'm like, go get her, go get her. I'm trying to whisper the dog because she has the last clue on the, on the collar, right? Yeah. And so she's crying and laughing and she gets the dog and she hugs the dog and she comes over and she, she knows at this point in time what's up. She's, she's a very smart woman. And so I'm on a knee there waiting for her and she was just crying all. It was, it was such a sweet moment, Jerry. Right. Yeah, mine was good too. I I, I don't tell. I, I'll tell to tell you about that another time because this is about you, not me. <laughs> so, so, but look, so let's, let's let's be real, real quick. Like everybody is not wanting to get married today, right? You know, kids, the younger generation, especially even people, especially you know, the sexual revolution and stuff. People since then really don't want to get married. The divorce rate's really high. So, you, what made you? I mean, you're this young man, you're going to school, trying to become a doctor, you know, you got college and, you know, what made you decide and to, that you want to be married? You know, Jerry, I knew where I was going and I knew that the spot I wanted to go was on the other, other end of marriage. And here's really what I'll, I'll expand upon that just a little bit. It's easy, Jerry, to father a child biologically. Like, honestly, I've never struggled with act. I've been able to pull it off, get the deed done. Like that part I'm okay at. But to step up and father a child emotionally, mentally, spiritually, to be present with your children takes such a deep commitment and will test you so powerfully towards that commitment that if you aren't there, if you don't have 100% of your heart in the game, you're not going to make it. That's just that's just true. And yeah. that's what marriage is. Marriage is that statement. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good man who makes a difference in the world. And towards that end, here's the commitment I'm making. So I've got, so you were Catholic growing up, though. You were, uh, you're, you're not a convert, right? I am an adult convert, actually. So I oh, converted sweet. shortly before I met my wife. Oh, okay. Wow. So, man, so you like me. So you're really on fire, dude. That's, that's <laughs> hey, you know how them cradle Catholics, my wife always says, man, I, I wish I had, we, we, uh, she says us cradle Catholics can, can learn a lot from these converts. Y'all always so fired up about it's Christ. True. It is. It is. So when, in your family though, man, where like when you were growing up was, was God in your family or was your father the strong one in the faith or was your mother? So God was kind of in my family growing up. Like we did go to church for a few years and I remember doing that. But really, Jerry, it was a mess. And so my dad was kind of Christian. My dad was Protestant Christian because his dad was. And so he didn't have any real basis. He didn't have any reason for it. And he went to jail. And then my mother was like, I guess we should still go to church. And I said, no, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And so it was kind of there. I knew the dance. I knew enough about the Bible. But it wasn't really there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you did get married, was there a time like what really like, you know, all of us like we were were young, especially when we're young, like I say, 18 and above. Um, and then we go ahead and we get married or before we get married. What what snapped you out of the what snapped you out of this thing of, you know what, I got to start getting my life together. I got to, it was anything bad that happened in your life that, that snapped you out. It's like, look, man, I got to start putting God first. I got to start realizing what this world is about and stop playing around, stop being a boy and be a man. Right. So I think for me, I tried the other way. I really did. I really gave it a great effort. And so I went <laughs> off to college and I pursued what I call the church of hedonism. Hedonism means the pursuit of pleasure. Yep. And I chased the drink. I chased the ladies. I chased the internet clicking. I chased it all. Mm-hmm. And don't tell anyone. Actually, what at that point, didn't really know how to chase ladies. So I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. But I chased anyways. And 
I, I, I really held that course solid for like eight or nine years. And about seven of those, I was like, this is the plan. And then I was like, wait, this isn't actually working. This isn't getting me where I want to go. I don't wake up in the morning and be like, I love who I am right now. I love what I did last night. She wasn't there. Yeah. And I would say that's probably the first of many wake up calls that it was time to become a man. And I've had that happen in a lot of ways since then. And it still happens today. It happens to me too. It's like, it's the same with me. It's like, I would, what happened with me was, man, well, my first wife, when my first wife died, that was like the first thing we, you know, we were in divorce court and stuff. And I started thinking to myself, man, it's got to be something better than this, man. You know, yeah. it's got to be a reason for all this. And and then, you know, plus you got kids and then you start thinking, man, what, you know, what am I going to do, man? You know, and it's it's all it's not all it can't all be just about fun and then die. What I mean, something's got to be after that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Totally. Yeah. So why the last question before we're going to go on the break and really get into the meat of what we came here today for. Why did you decide to become a Catholic life coach or a life coach? You know, the best answer to that question is always sounds great, sounds inspiring. But the real answer to that is always because God told me to. And then here's what I let me expand upon that because that sounds like a trite throwaway line at first. Mm-hmm. So I have a PhD in chemistry. I mm-hmm. had a very successful corporate life. I was making the big money. I had the benefits. I had, you know, I was rising quickly. I really enjoyed what I did. And towards that end, I remember saying to God at one point, thank you, God, so much for delivering me into a perfect spot where I love my job and I love the money I'm making and I love the benefits I have. And it just all works out perfectly. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And then God said, okay, that's great. I love that attitude, but we're changing it up a bit. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not changing up a bit. You need to submit that as a change request, and then it'll be reviewed by the proper committee, and then we'll decide if that change request should be agreed or not agreed, then we'll put a timeline on if it is, blah, blah, blah. And God said, no, 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 no. That's not the plan. And I was like, oh, no. And so God works with what he's got. And I'd love to say I'm the sort of guy where, like, God says, go to Nineveh, and I start marching to Nineveh. But I'm more like Jonah. And God says, go to Nineveh. I'm like, oh, no, I love this boat I'm on right now. I'm not going to Nineveh. And so he lined up event after event after event that slowly but for sure separated me from the comforts and challenges of the corporate world. Mm. And it ended with me going entrepreneurial. And I I fought it, and God won. He always does. And um, I said that the same thing the other day. I think it was Friday. I said the same thing. I said, man, I didn't try to quit this many times. I said, God, I got to eat. Right. <laughs> well, I got to eat, man. I mean, this ain't, you know, I mean, this is cool. Helping people, I really like to do it. But every time I quit, like I said last week, like the pain of my life would just rise. Like right. God, the pain, he would just allow the pain in my rise. Like, look, man, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be going back and get on that microphone, get met, write that course, talk to them dudes, help the people with their marriage. That's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it sounds like you kind of have the same thing. Um, have you have you almost quit a few times? Oh, I, I wish I could tell you I was held the course all, but oh, for sure, Jerry, that happens to every entrepreneur. Yeah. Every entrepreneur. Yeah. You ride the wave yeah. up. You're like, this is the best. You ride the wave down. And you're like, that's it. I'm done. I never want to see this again. Like That is just the cycle. And I wish I could say that occurred monthly. I feel like it occurs hourly sometimes. Dude. Yeah. But you know what? I will say this. I just like uh, my aunt called me the other day and she offered me a job. And it was nice. Mm. I mean, it was it's gonna be some nice money, but I it was a test. I learned my lesson. You know what I said? Yep. I said, yep. I said, Auntie, I love you. I said, I can't do it. I said, if I I said I I, I told her, I actually told her, I said, I'm not, I don't wanna, I don't, I can't do it because I have my other business that I have to do, and it's kind of what God wants me to do. You know, whereas before, man, I'd have jumped all on it. Oh, yeah, how much is it paying? And when I, st- you know, I'd have been all on it, like, at least considering it and stuff. This time I was like, look, I'm just going to trust God. Because every time I try to get on my own, I get smacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, I'm tired of getting smacked, man. 
So that being said, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back, fellas, and get into what's really going on today. And I hope y'all enjoyed a little background from my man, Dr. Michael, and we will see you on the other end. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. We are back with my man, Dr. Michael Jaquiz. Am I, am I pronouncing that right? It's Jaquith, but nobody gets it right. And I Jaquith. love you so much. I don't care how much you say my name. <laughs> so is Jaquith? Jake with. It's it's, it's oh, a, originally oh. a French word. Uh, yeah, that's why I, that's why I had to put the quiz on there. The, the, the quiz. That's why I right. keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> Jake. So it was pronounced one more time. Jake Quith. Jay Quith. Jay Quith. There you go. So have you Perfect. been so you're in so you're in Canada. I forgot to mention that. You are in Canada, right? I'm actually in northern Idaho. It's like so close to Canada, like really this way. But not quite. Okay. But didn't you say something about you something about Canada earlier? I thought you did. So we, we're close enough we can go to Canada very easily. Um if, like honestly, if I shoot a gun up that direction right there, it the bullet would land in Canada. Yeah. So okay, my mistake then. So all right, everybody, go ahead and get in that call. You know, call and uh, I'm just because I'm interviewing today does not mean I won't take calls. So 313-723-4225. You know, uh has your wife asked for a divorce? Have you guys not made love in more than 30 days? Um, do you sense something's not right? Is your wife, um, you know, having an affair or emotional affair? So any of those things, you know, or you're a young buck, you know, you want to be young buck. You got, you know, you, you got a girlfriend, you want to marry her and you're not sure if that's what you're going to do or whatever. Call man. And I will get on there and, uh, pause the interview with Dr. Mike and we will do our best to try to help you today. So with that being said, let's move on to the question. The question is, the question is for my man on fire today, Dr. Michael, how to save your marriage when your wife is asked for a divorce. So the first question I'm going to ask on that question is, why did God even create marriage? You know, that's a great question, Jerry. And I think that's something our culture has lost sight of. And I want to just pause and note, as a Catholic, marriage is the only sacrament that Jesus did not institute, which is kind of a funny way to think about the institution of marriage existed long before Jesus. Jesus raised it to a sacrament, but didn't yeah. institute it. And so why did God create it? And I think, honestly, Jerry, the best answer to that is because there's nothing better out there that causes immature people to become mature, causes people <laughs> to grow up. You, to got, grow that, up. you got that right. <laughs> so, uh, the, um, so that is true because a lot of times – like my wife would tell me, you know, once I had, she had her daughter, our daughter, and we, cause me, we're, um, me and my wife, you know, I had a first marriage. So my mom got married. She already had my daughter, Lauren. And she said, when she had her, she said, automatically she grew up. Yep. I mean, autumn, it was like almost automatically when that baby came. And then both of my wife and my daughter have that serious asthma where they could die. And so my yep. daughter almost died like, multiple multiple times when she was a kid she'd go to the emergency room she'd turn in, my wife said the last time she said um my daughter turned blue oh in, in the emergency so room scary. and she said 
at that time, she said she told her, she said she told God, she said, look, would you just take her? I mean, she said, I can't handle it no more. <laughs> yeah. So you know, because it, it was, it was multiple times that, you know, but God does probably did that to get her to appreciate her daughter, what her life and things like that, you know? Right. Um, so to be so technically the church, just so that we, you know, and, and what Dr. Mike said was exactly right, that marriage causes us to grow up. But the technical definition of marriage is God created marriage, one, for procreation. Number two, he created marriage for the formation, education of the children, which means what? We're not trying to be a chemist, right, Doc? We're trying to. That's true. <laughs> we try to we try to get uh, educated in the faith, okay, to draw our closer to God. And then the third reason, of course, which the one everybody knows is for the union of the spouses. So the spouses can grow closer together. Um, so next, my next question is, man, so we all Christians here. So the question is, if divorce displeases God and is against the teachings of his church, then why do Catholics and Christians, even Orthodox Catholics and Orthodox Christians, why they still pursue it? Because it's too hard. They're not willing to put in the tough work. They're not willing to do what they need to do. And let's be honest, Jerry, it is so much easier to run from the hardest fight of your life than to stand up like a man and face it. And I, we, we've all been there. Like, you cannot be a married man for more than a few years and say that thought hasn't crossed your mind that this is so hard. <laughs> How do I deal with all of this. And if yeah. you're married, you know what I mean by this. And what does the devil like to do? The devil loves to break that which God has made. And so the devil's there like, you're right. It is too hard. You won't make it. You can't get there. You're not good enough. You're not the man. You won't make it. Just run. Run like you have so many times before in the past. And that's what we call divorce. So when that happens in your marriage, because it happens in all our marriages, just because all of us. We're, we're marriage coaches, I'm a marriage coach, and you're, because I, I, I deal specifically with marriage. That's how I bring men in. But you, you're a, you're a more of a full life coach. You do the, the, uh, the uh, you know, the, 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 the man, his job, you work with his marriage and his family and other, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but basically you deal with the whole full spectrum, which marriage is nothing. Honestly, there's nothing that marriage doesn't cover that I found out, but that's, that's my thing, you know, um, but when you get in that mindset or not in the mindset, when you start thinking like that, what brings you out of it? You know, so much of that for me is really connecting back to the basics. I think really, Jerry, right now, we have a big crisis of identity. And I know I've talked about this before, and we talked about this on our podcast episode. But there's this idea that if I know who I am, what I am, and whose I am, that I don't need to spend a lot of time with a lot of other questions. You know, but if what, I don't right. know those things, mm-hmm. then all the other questions overwhelm me. So, and let's, so literally, let's, let's, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll wrap up quickly. It was literally yesterday that my wife and I had a bit of a kerfluffle, as does happen. It's very common, guys, if you're listening, have have incidents around holidays. So common. <laughs> and I had to pause and I had to say, who do I want to be? Why am I doing this? And in what way am I doing this out of the death that I owe to our Lord rather than doing this for my own glory? And I just had to ground myself. I ended up having to go back and spend some time in prayer. I have my Bible and my journal right over here. I will sometimes open my journal, read what I've written before, try to find some reason for it. But yet that identity and grounding yourself regularly is so powerful. Yeah. Um, And the questions that, like, those are the questions in your marriage, too. But you can't even really ask those questions until we talk about the mission as the man, as a man. Like, the ones we talked about on your podcast. Like, you know, what am I here for? Why was I created? You know, why, you know, why did, what is my purpose on earth and, and uh, in, this, in this realm? You know, what has God created my soul for? Because you better believe it. God, if you would listen... God has created you, your soul, for a specific reason. The problem is concupiscence. We're broken, and so it's hard for us to really hear that. So, Mike, how do you, how did you learn how to listen to, to the Holy Spirit? 
Well, you know, I'd love to have some sweet story about me walking through the woods and a dove descending and blessing me with this great gift. Or I could tell you the truth, which was yeah, like everything else in my life. I tried it the other way and it just kept ending with a brick to the face. And eventually I'm like, okay, maybe I should actually try listening this time. A little bit. You know, my, my, my number four child is a boy who is just so headstrong. I love him dearly. And over the, we went to Easter Vigil and we were playing this cute little game, right? And it's so funny how... All of us do this thing where we're like, okay, but now I want this thing. I'm going to do it my way. And we're like, we push and it hurts. We push more and it hurts. And, he's, and eventually you got to take him and you pick him up and carry him back to the back of mass. And you're like, no, buddy, we can't do that. And he keeps pushing. And you're like, okay, buddy, it's not going to work. Yeah. And I was looking at it. Like, I was watching this thing unfold. And I was like, oh, wait, that's me too. I keep with God. I keep doing it. And eventually I'm like, all right, what was he told me to get and do again, Lord? Like, what was the message? All right, fine. I'll do that. And we get there. Now, my wife is blessed that she doesn't have that same attitude. She pushed. She doesn't push as much. And so she starts by listening most of the time. And that's something I'm still learning. Something I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things, man, that I talk about a lot about my wife is like, and I had this first probably my first marriage too, is like I couldn't, I always felt I had to discuss all her problems. Mm. Like, uh, not getting mad at and stuff, but like, you know, would you do this right? Would you do that right? Would you, you know, because it was irritating the hell out of me, right? Yep. And my wife knew it. Both of them knew it. And But the thing about it is, is I, st- I, I kept trying, I'm doing that thinking that it would make things better. Like I kept correcting her or, or trying to, basically I was trying to change her and, and thinking that's going to make things better. And it never makes things better. The only when I really, when I really truly started loving my wife, two things happened. First of all, I started praying every single day for her. Yep. And then the second thing was, I just finally said, Jerry, accept your wife for who she is. Let her be who she is. And then love her for who she is, which means what? Like, you know, don't like just be just be more laid back. Just like don't let everything, you know, affect you like that. You know, because it, it was more with me than it was with her because I married her. So, of course, I loved her. Right. What do you think? You're so right. There's one person that we are called to work on a marriage and that's ourself. And <laughs> it would be so tempting to say, I will fix my spouse. It does not work. They work on them. God does the heavy lifting there. All you get to do as far as they're concerned is fix yourself. And it's so hard. I truth be told, Jerry, I'm still learning that lesson. My wife would back me up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people think, especially men, and women do too. A woman will marry you. Most men don't marry a woman thinking, well, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that most men don't marry a woman thinking they're going to change her. Most dudes, we think, oh, she's beautiful. She has a great personality. She's she's virtuous. I just want to be with her. I like her. So that's it. kind of it for men. And plus, I get to, to have sex whenever I want. So that, that's kind of like that's, that's, a big the one. Big, that's the big one for men, right? But women, if he's not perfect or he's not all that she wants, but he's close, she'll think, oh, oh, well, we get married. I'll, I'll, I'll work on him then. I'll, I'll get him right then. Is that kind of what you find? I, I, I would love to say it's not true, and but I, I kind of think it is. But I'm going to tell you, honestly, Jerry, I think men do the same too. Men are like, okay. she's almost perfect, and except for this one thing, but I'm sure we'll shake that out of the marriage. <laughs> and But the truth and, is and what? The, at the marriage, the truth is it never works. It, it, you can't do that. You don't. After you got to love the person. Yep. After marriage, it gets what? Ten times worse. worse. There, it, yes. Every time. Every, Every time. Every single time. If 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 he's rude to you before the marriage, let's think how it's gonna be after he he's got you. Right? Man. So if or 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 if she's or she if she's the kind of woman that nags you or is always on you, you know, it's not gonna get better once you go, I do. Right? So I have deal so I call them deal breakers in marriage. So like before you get married, and believe it or not, guys, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is preventative maintenance. 
because once you get in the, in in the divorce, you know, your wife is asked for a divorce. I mean, it's 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 a lot harder to fix it. So what we're trying to do a little bit is tell you some things that 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 you could do beforehand. Like what? Pick the right woman. That's the first thing. Like like he was talking about. Mike was talking about earlier. But I was going to ask you if um, you know what are, I call them deal breakers. Like before you marry a woman, you should be thinking, okay, if she's like this, can I deal with that? If she's if she's like this, is, is that a deal breaker? Or I can live with it. Because what happened with me, honestly, with my wife, my second wife, I did that. I was I learned enough to know. You know, like I tell all the time, like my wife, we she was not she was a basically a horrible house cleaner. Horrible. I ain't gonna lie, she knows it. <laughs> and so I'm very I'm not really a clean freak, not even by far, but I do like things like, okay, I don't like stepping over stuff. I don't like running in the doors. I don't you know, I, you know. So I had to ask myself, is that a deal breaker? And I told myself, of course, well, I did tell myself, you know, no, it's not. I can live with it. What do you think? Well, I think, first off, a lot of guys do not do the heavy lifting, trying to decide what's important to them in marriage. I, I don't know that a lot of ladies do either, to be honest with you. I think when you're young, you fall in love. This is the perfect person. Everything will be amazing. There's rainbows and stars that glitter around them. And a lot of us don't ask the questions. Now, I do think a lot of us ask one of the most important questions, which is, do our values align? And so I think that's really mm. critical. Like if, if you're listening and you're young and you're considering marriage, that is the most important thing you have to ask. But there's so much more there. And to a certain extent, Jerry, I think it's kind of a blessing that we don't go into the rest of those questions because as you point out right there, like it would be easy as a young person to say, well, that's it. Clean house cleanliness is important to me. So right. I won't marry someone who won't keep the house clean. Right. But the truth is God sees better than that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that might be the secret key to marriage, marital success and harmony. Or maybe God sees something deeper that actually is way more important and that God lines it up. So when I got married, I made sure the values aligned. But beyond that, I just really prayed and said, God, is this the right woman? Because I knew there'd be factors, so many more factors that I couldn't understand, I couldn't see, I wouldn't know to ask the right questions. But I knew the guy who did know to ask the right questions. So my wife, okay, see my wife, Mike, you got to understand my wife. She is not going to let me get away with the house cleaning thing, right? So what she did <laughs> so what she did was she posted the comment going, when I married my husband, I thought he was so perfect. And that lasted three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there and you she go. She tells me that all the time. She tells everybody that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with her, with my wife though, man, just to be honest, to stop joking around, you know, like last week, you know, I, I tell her, you know, I, my wife, I'm, I am who I am because I married my wife, you know, of course. Um, but it's like you said, so I'm going on with the deeper thing you said, like God, because listen, you gotta remember when I married my wife, man, I wasn't a Christian or a Catholic or nothing. I wasn't nothing. So I didn't have the insight that you had of like, you know, well, pray and, and ask God and, you know, God has this deeper thing going on. Because I was like, look, I want to be with her. We get along real good, you right. know. And so I'm on the, yeah, I'm on the house cleaning or, but, you know, or is she a good listener? Does she, you know, or do we get, are we, are we friends? So all that stuff is going through my head when I decided that. And then plus my father Man, my father, God bless his soul. My father, my wife was an avid walker when we were um, when we were dating. And so my father went over her house and saw her walking down the street. And so uh, my father asked my wife, you know, about was we going to get married? And my wife mm -hmm. was like, I really, I don't know. And she said, she, basically, my father came across to my wife like, well, you know, don't you think, man, because I had just gotten my wife just died maybe a year or so before or something. I forgot how long it was, six months or something. And my father was like, well, don't you think he needs to date that that, that man? Because my nickname in my family is man, M-A-N-N. She said, he said, don't you think man needs to date other women and, and, and make sure that you're the one for him and stuff like that? And my wife got mad, but she didn't show it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and but you know what? I didn't have to date anybody else because when it comes, I'm a quick decision maker when it comes to stuff like that. Either I want to be with her or I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny. My wife's father also was against us getting married and, and came up with a number of different reasons to try to slow us down. I think our wives are very similar in a lot of ways because if my wife were able to, she would also make a comment about how long the initial honeymoon phase lasted <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, there's, that's the truth of it though. Like we, we love to have this illusion that we're going to get married and everything will be perfect. And all so quickly, we, we, we come to the quick realis- to the quick, sudden, painful realization that we're not perfect. And that mirror gets held up in marriage. And we're like, ooh, I don't like what I'm seeing here. This isn't a great, great look. And that's just how marriage works. And we all of a sudden have to start working on ourselves. And, the, and, the, and that's a good question. So keep that thought in your mind. But mm-hmm. the other thing that is that what you said was so, so important. Like looking at yourself. Being able to look at yourself in the relationship, like the way you, you know, one of the things I say, I try to get guys to do is look at the relationship from your wife's point of view, especially if your wife has asked for a separation or she's asked for a divorce or, or she's moved to another bed, whatever she's done to put her in put y'all marriage crisis. Try your best to look at the relationship for her side of you. And would you want to stay married to you? Yeah. You know? And so men, we have this thing of we don't want to look at ourselves, and it's it's kind of like everybody else's fault. And I think it's a very big mistake to look at our wife and blame her for everything first. What do you think? Oh, it's so true. So here, here's the great irony of marriage. When spouses fight, it's about 90% generally or more blaming the other one. The reality is the blame is about 50-50. But the deepest reality is the way best way to speak about it would be talking both myself and to her about 90% about what I need to fix in myself. And so we get it completely wrong, like all the way wrong when we actually talk to our spouse and we fight. And I, I will f- fully confess to you that I am not a perfect spouse. There's a lot of things I do that are really annoying and difficult to live with. There's a lot of things I do that are can be downright infuriating for my wife. And when I can pause and see from her perspective, when I can approach that conversation with a, I need, here, here's what I see you saying, honey. I see you saying that Michael is a little too loud, gets angry too quickly, is too critical. Like these are real ones and is all too ready to point out to you and the children when you're not doing it right. And I see that and I don't want to be that person and I want to work on that. And here's what I'm going to do to work on that. The irony is by starting off that way, I'm more likely to inspire her to actually change that if I start out the gate, honey, here's what you need to do to be better. Dude, you nailed it. You nailed it, baby. You nailed it. That was it. What do I have to do to change? What What do I got to do? That's it. Everything you just said, that's nailed it. Because, listen, one of the things you do is you, you tell your wife, because if you defend yourself and you don't admit to what, if your wife is saying something and you don't admit to like, you're right, I did do that. I should have done that better. Then you start defending yourself, and all you're going to do is what? You're just going to keep the argument going, right? Yep. And <laughs> digging it deeper and making more wounds. Yes, and digging deeper. It's- <laughs> you know, here, here's another great really practical tip on this level. I think a lot of us guys, we we have we marry these women that will – there's a, there's a, there's a problem. Here, here's the seed of the problem, right? There's a real problem in your marriage. The woman will come in, and she'll spin a story around it. She'll make a big deal out of it. She'll say all this stuff about it. And it's so easy as a guy in that moment to say, oh, honey, oh, honey, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. And you might even be right. But there is a seed there. Something or somewhere underneath there's a real problem. And the faster, as a husband, you can just skip all the rest of the stuff, all whatever else it is, and just zoom to what's the seed that's real that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. The faster you'll start to make the real change that she and you both want. Another thing, too, is if as a man, you fix you first, because listen, right. you're called to God to fix yourself first, and you're the you're responsible for this whole thing. So as if you fix you first, then the, the great thing about this whole thing is your wife loses all her ammunition. 
Yep. And, and if you so keep true. trying to defend yourself and tell talk about all her stuff she's doing wrong and criticizing her, blaming her, calling her names, arguing, fighting, bickering, debating, all that kind of stuff, all you're doing is making her go, see, I know it. And she's looking at everything that you have done wrong in the past. And that never solves anything. You know. So true. So we, right now, we just finished the Easter Vigil cycle, and on Good Friday, we heard uh, John's gospel, and when Pilate brings Jesus out, he Pilate says, behold the man, which I've always loved because he doesn't say behold a man. He doesn't so be, say behold a good man. He says behold the man, like boom, this is the man. So what did Jesus do? Jesus took care of business first. Jesus did the walk to the cross with like virtually no support. All of his apostles, minus John at the foot of the cross, everyone else is gone. John, the rest of the time is gone. He doesn't let that stop him. He says, this is the work. This is what I got to do. I'm going to love even though I'm alone. And as men, that's what we're called to. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, and that's why Catholics, like a lot of times Protestants, you know, Protestants, Baptists, Jehovah's Witness, Methodists, Lutherans, that kind of thing. They, they don't understand why we have that Jesus on the crucifix like that. They just don't get it. And the reason why is what you just said. So that when we look up, that's who we're supposed to be as a man. We're supposed to die first. Right. You know, and if we do that, then people just automatically look at us different. This is, if we just look at what Christ has asked us to do, if there's an empty cross and you look at it, what does it really mean? It's just, it's yeah, he's risen. That's Easter. That just passed. What about the other 300 or what about the other 51 weeks out of the year? Right. And, and it's true. Like we as men have to acknowledge that the bulk of our life will be living in some sort of discomfort, some sort of thing we have to do, some way we have to grow. Get used to and it. You're right. You, you can f- complain about it. You can moan about it. This isn't fair. This isn't right. Uh, why, why does somebody else fix themselves? And none of that helps. Not even a little bit. And knowing that's why, period. that's why knowing your mission is important. Right. That's why knowing what God, like you said earlier, knowing why God has placed you as the head of your home. And what and when I say head, that means basically you're responsible. God is placing you responsible for a reason. And if you don't know your mission and why, then of course you're going to do what Dr. Mike just said. We're going to just be sitting here bitching and whining for uh, for 100 years every day because we don't really know why, why, why are we going through this? Why does it hurt all the time, right? What do you think? Oh, you're so true. If you don't have a why, you'll never make it through. Mm-mm. If you don't have your eye fixed on some bigger target. The, the good news is it's not hard. Like you, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of easy ways to fix your eye on a target. Just read the Bible. It points to a great target. Do you want to end up in fire again? Our Lord himself provides all these details about what happens if you don't do this stuff. Like the, the, he talks about the devil and Gehenna and like, and it's like, that's not the way to go guys. It's just not, but we've got to hold on to a why. And the ultimate why has got to be this life is short. Your, your day will come whether now or a hundred years from now, if technology gets better or maybe even somewhere in the middle, eventually that time will come. You will meet your maker and you've got to hold on to that right now, because when I meet Jesus, my hope is that he'll be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yep, exactly. So let me ask you this. If a man comes to you and says he needs help because his wife has asked for a divorce, how would you begin starting out to help him? I'd start by saying what's going wrong in your life with you. And we're going to do a real solid and probably embarrassing inventory. What's going on in his life? What is he uh-huh. doing? I'm going to say, from this moment forward, you don't get to fix anything about your wife. The only thing you to do is say, honey, here's what I'm working on. This is my plan for myself. And, and here's the deal, Jerry. Like women, when women fall in love with a man, they give themselves so completely to that man that they want to keep giving themselves. And it's only when we muck it up so badly, as we men love to do, that we jam that process up. Yep. And so the first step with any guy who says, I want my marriage to be better, whether he's on the brink of divorce or on his very first day of his honeymoon, is to start saying, what do I need to fix in myself and to stop trying to fix her? And I hate to say it this way, but this is true. The rules aren't the same the other way around. Like, you don't get to say, I'll fix myself if she fixes herself. 
Nope, mm-hmm. there's no ifs. There's no conditionals. Women are different than men. They have a different set of rules. When I speak to men, I say, don't even worry about her set of rules. You worry about how do I fix myself. If you're on the brink of divorce and she says she wants to leave you, it's probably pretty easy to find what we need to start fixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you this one more question because I've got to – I always want to know somebody else's opinion on it because I always say it, but I want to know your opinion on it. So the main victims of divorce are God and the kids of the couple. So how are children affected by divorce? How are they? Oh, they are he always saying, Oh, kids are gonna be okay. Are kids gonna be okay? They are not, Jerry. This is oh, this is such a heartbreaking statistic. So we have the statistics now. This is not like speculation. We have the data, and the data is overwhelmingly clear that when parents are divorced, the children do worse to the tune of like five X to ten X worse, not like five percent worse, but like way worse in almost every category. And, but here's what's tricky it is I, I can see this because I, I, unfortunately I know people who have gone through a divorce and the logic goes like this, but our kids are amazing. They'll be okay. Cause they're so solid. We did such a great job oh. of forming them. We did all this. They'll be okay. They'll make it. <laughs> and the reality is Jerry, that's just not true. The damage done to children by divorce. It, it's almost impossible to calculate, to put it all together. It's so vast. And my wife and I are both children of divorced parents, and we talk regularly about how much of the damage done by their divorce still spills into our marriage now. A lot of and it. And a, a lot. <laughs> it's still there. It's still a factor. Yep. And you look at the academic success rates, financial success rates, uh, marital success rates of, of children post-divorce, criminalization rates. You look at uh, virtually every metric out there, you get divorced. Things go downhill. I actually read a study the other day, Jerry. I'm going to expand upon this a little bit more. And if you live in a cold marriage, the effects on your children aren't as bad as divorce, but are the same type of effects. And the children not only need their parents to be living together, they need them to be tightly connected. Yep. And going to church. And going to (laughs) church. Amen. That one is key. Yep. So... Is it, let me see, I, I, is this one more I want to ask? Um, and I'm, I'm going to ask my last question. Is it, do you think that, no, let me ask you this. Is it possible for a husband to turn his marriage around once he's in marriage crisis? 100%. 100%. One of the great mysteries of life, when God created Adam first, when God gave to man the headship of the family, there's a magical little thing that happened, which is that when man men lead responsibly, integrally, with their faith aligned with them, women are designed, biologically programmed, if you will, to follow. They're not designed to follow a goober who's being a goober. But there's an, uh, an initiation, uh, an ability to set a direction that men have that women don't because the reverse is not true. It's not as if a woman steps up and decides she's going to lead. The man will follow. That is not the case. Nope. There's something very special that men have and men. This is one of those like double-edged swords where like there's both responsibility and expectation that comes with this and (laughs) and duty and requirement that comes with this. And it's, is that because you have this gift that women are biologically programmed to follow you, it is God will hold you accountable for how do you use it? But if your marriage is in crisis, and you know, I wish I could say mine has never been there, but we've been there. We 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 have these issues where we get really upset and we get really unworking. Without a doubt, without exception, the times that I step up and say, "I'm going to fix me," here's where I want to go. It may take a little time, but she will follow that because that's what women want to follow. Yeah. So, what's the difference between Catholic life coaching and? Life coaching. So coming out of Easter, I made these cool rolls. I'm gonna, I'll tie this in here. And so I made these rolls. I made the sourdough roll recipe, right? And it, it, you know, they, I put in this, uh, this bourbon maple syrup sweetener. Oh, it's so cool. It's like a sour and sweet thing. It really came out great. But the reason here's this ties in. Imagine those rolls if I took the yeast out. What would have happened? So sourdough rolls, I made them the day before. Let them sit there and go to, you know, kind of like ferment up. And without yeast... They would have rotted. 
Now, can you make rolls without yeast? Y- you can. Um, I realize now we have baking soda, but that's you know, ignore the chemistry there for just a second. Could you do that? Yes. Is it going to be full of life? Is it going to rise? Is it going to have this dynamic flavor I'm talking about? Can you coach without the faith? Absolutely. It's totally possible. The truth of the faith, the truth of God, points to itself in all settings. But when you bring the faith in, it's like bringing the yeast into the rolls, and they rise, and they're filled with this bursting flavor. And I have had secular clients before, especially my certification and training process, where I can tell they're stuck on a lie of the devil. And as they stare just briefly at that lie, it's so overwhelming, they cannot face it because they don't have our Lord on the cross with them. Mm-hmm. And when you bring our Lord into that moment, when you bring the faith into that moment where, because we humans, we all have this. This is all of our story. When we stare at the lie the devil's gotten us to believe, the vow that we've made, and Jesus is there, then I can. Then things can happen in a way they don't happen without him. And Jesus is that yeast that causes everything to rise up and, and animate. And that's the best analogy I've got for it. And and that's what I said. You could, without God, Christ, the angels, the saints, the Blessed Mother, you can only go so the knowledge of hell, Satan. You can only go so far. Your your life will only go to a certain point. Just like in in the Protestants' faith, Christian other Christian sects, your 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 relationship with God will only go so far. Then once right. you come into Catholic faith, oh my God! Then you start to see that it just goes further. And the further you want to go, the more God will take you there. This more is is up to you. Um, and that's how it all works, man. You say the perfect, dude. Say the perfect. So the last thing I got for you is. Do you have any special projects going on right now? And how can we find out more about what you do? Jerry, I've always got projects going on. I'm that sort of guy that loves to tinker and always make new things. <laughs> so what am I doing right now? Um, you First off, where to find me? Catholic Life Coach for Men. Just type into Google search. You'll hit my podcast. You'll hit my website. Uh, right now, this, my wife and I are launching this really cool project. I'm very excited about this. So I'm an engineer by background. And my wife, obviously, is not an engineer. We tend to marry opposites. And we've been discovering... There's a lot of women and men who, men as engineer, women is not, they don't communicate well. Let me let you in a secret. Women tend to be a little more connected to their feelings. Men tend to be a little more connected to logic. Oh, really? I'm sure this is novel to you. I know, right? Oh, wow. Totally novel. I did not know that. I know, I know, I know. I'm dropping some real gold right in this moment. And when the man's an engineer, it's even more so that way. I have clients for engineers. And, and accountants. And accountants. Absolutely. Same thing. Same thing. Same temperament. Same temperament. <laughs> and so we've got a cute little course putting together right now about how to communicate better if your husband's an engineer or if you're the engineer, how to communicate better with your wife. Mm-hmm. And we've got a cute little course coming up about how to tr- how your husband to do a better job around the house and engage you. And I think right now, Jerry, we're in this time where because of feminism, we need this sort of engagement so much more than ever where we've just lost what it is to be a man, especially when you're an engineer, when you're an accountant, when you're a high-functioning but very task-focused male, it's so easy to not know how to, t- how to connect with your wife. So that's, that's a big push right now where my wife and I are having some fun stuff with that, and I'm excited, Jerry. I really am. Well, good. Well, man, thanks for hanging out with me. We, we a little bit. I told you I only have you for an hour. We went over a little bit, but I, I hope you don't mind too it. much. <laughs> so I'll give you extra time, Jerry. I love you too much. All right, thanks, brother. So what we'll do is, everybody, you know, if if you know Catholic Life Coach for Men dot com, Catholic Life Coach for Men dot com, um, to get you a full, you know, if you if you you know you want help with your full. Uh, life and and you think that that, that that Dr. Michael can help you, then hey man, feel free and, and, and rock it. That's CatholicLifeCoachForMen.com and again, we're going to close out today after this break. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me 
personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, and so we are done for the day. I hope that y'all enjoyed that nice interview I had with Dr. Michael. Oh, man, Dr. Michael Jaquith. Jaquith. He's going to get my butt. (laughs) Oh, but thank you, you know, all y'all for showing up today, and I'm sure that Dr. Michael enjoyed hanging out with y'all. And again, we are going to conclude as we always do with a pope with a quote from Pope uh, Benedict XVI, which states, "Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle." Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.